welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 297. It is Sunday, June 23rd as we're recording this. I'm David Lott. Joining me in this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, everybody. What's up? Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And Michelle Hillard. Hello, hello, everybody. Hey. 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 That sounded like zero energy, like as if you're going to have to get some coffee or we're going to have to shake Yasha to like wake him up a little bit because that was like, (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard Yasha sound so bad. That wasn't me. That wasn't you? No. (laughs) Who was that? Yeah, who was it then? (laughs) I, I I mean... I thought it was Michelle. Oh, we got a ghost in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. So, by the way, it's about that time now that I'm starting to get the like slight depression feeling of uh, San Diego's coming Aww. and I'm not going. <laughs> but but the guys are going. Well, they are. They are. They're going. The excitement is starting to rev up to me because we just, I'm pretty sure Bobby got the alert as well. The badges are on the way. Yep. Yep. Uh, It's, it's starting. It's definitely getting to that point just because we're starting to hear trickle of news. Like, okay, Marvel said essentially that they're going to be at this year's comic con. So we know we got that coming and, there's still the possibility of Star Wars being there and, and some of the other people start making announcements. And I think if if I memory serves me correctly, I think it's usually two weeks to the day that they start releasing the schedule day by day. And so we're pretty close to that point in time. In fact, it, I don't know if it's next week or not that it would be two weeks away, but it's at least within the next week or two. Yeah, it's coming up, and that's when yeah the schedule starts officially dropping. Usually, isn't it? Isn't it two weeks out? Yeah, it's two weeks out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was like the first tweet I saw of oh the banners are now going up and gas lamp. I'm like, oh, damn it, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, like like you just said, all the like even though the official schedule's not out now, it's around that time that we're hearing. Okay, so this this studio is going to be bringing Top Gun and. And Marvel's coming, and I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Sad, yeah. David. It's fine. It's fine. It was fine. It was great. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? I'm super <laughs> happy. Well, at least we'll all be there next year. Yes. Next year. Yes. 2020. Mm. I got my sights set on it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get it because it's 2020 uh, next year. Uh, my sights. Wow, that went right over my head. Wow, <laughs> wow. Bobby is pulling them out, man. Woo! Oh, well, it's gonna be one of those shows. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So <laughs> let me get this train back on track here. Um, the has you guys had any time to um, experience any VR? You know, I I never have. I'm trying to imagine if I've ever worn VR of any quality, and I don't think I have. Oh, yeah, you didn't do the Suicide Squad thing that Bobby and I did. What blows me in my, my mind the most is that I still have not gone to Disney Springs 
and done the Star Wars. Well, that's thing. because that's it's actually not even that bad. Like, it, you're, sorry, you're giving me the money cost for those listening. You're giving me the the finger rub of it cost too much money, but it, it's not terrible. I mean, yeah, for a thirty minute experience, basically, I guess it's not cheap, but but per, still, the per per minute per dollar is uh awfully high. But as a, as a, as a Star Wars fan, I will I would happily pay it. I just haven't done it. What about you, Yasha? Have you done any VR stuff? Um, not really. Like, we have one at work, but I haven't actually used it just okay. yet. It's funny that you asked that, because my buddy, um, last night at dinner, literally just mentioned that he bought an Oculus. And I was kind of like, why would you do that? Why did you do it? And he was like, my experience, like, he tried it. He was like, it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I'm like, Really? And I was really kind of blown by it. I was like, so what did this cost you? And he's like, about $400. And I was yeah. just like, wow. Whoa! And yeah. And he, he just, <laughs> he did it. So he like, did it once. Just died. I know, right? <laughs> he did it once, fell in love with it, and he was all in. Like, he's, he's going to, he bought one. He's, you know, it's going to be delivered to his house. And he asked, you have to wait, I guess, like a couple of weeks because they're back ordered just about everywhere. So I'm just like, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, the reason why I ask is because there's that new um, Star Wars game that's out on. I, I don't. I guess it's Oculus, but it's a VR uh, thing with Darth Vader, and I'd been hearing really good things about it. And like David mentioned, they also have the the Star Wars uh, VR that's down it, for us. It's at Downtown Disney, right? And so. Um, yeah, I ended up doing it yesterday. I took my son to go try it out with me. And like Yasha's friend said, it's probably the coolest thing I've done in a long time. It was such a cool experience. And it's definitely not on the cheaper side. It's like $34 a person. And I think it was probably somewhere around 30 minutes, I guess, for the whole experience. But it's definitely something that I would love to do again because I had so much fun with it. It's 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 such a cool thing and concept because it feels like VR has come such a long way in since the beginnings of it where I don't know, it wasn't just quite worked out exactly the way that it um has evolved to now. Now it's super immersive where um first thing we kind of did was you kind of sign in and then you you put your name in and then you, you kind of go to another area where you pick your your character's color. Uh, I won't talk too much details about the story just for anybody that wants to go and experience it for themselves. But just sort of the experience in and of itself is like um, interesting just because once you select your, your character color, you go into an, a, another room where they – help you put on these vests that are, I think they have some sort of haptic aspect to it because once you're inside the game, if something is shooting at you and, and it hits you, you'll feel it like in your side. It's, it's, it's not like a shock, but you definitely feel something because the first time it, it something hit me, I was like, oh, because <laughs> it made me like jump because I wasn't expecting it. And um, after that, I kind of settled into where, where the feeling was. But initially, it was a it was a weird feeling. And um, they also put the 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 headset on. I don't know if it's Oculus or not, but they put the headset on you and they put you into another room. 
And from there, once you pull the, the visor down and you're inside, it's a whole 360 de de degree view of the game that you're in. And everything is so interesting because you see the, your other characters you're playing with. It's four people to a group. And so you see all those other people within your group and you have like a, a mission. And as you're going through this mission, you're going into to like imperial hallways and stuff like that. So there's like sometimes small little kind of bridges that you're going over and you really get the sense that you're walking on some sort of ledge. And the way I imagine it must be if you weren't having your glasses, your Oculus thing on is that you're probably going from, you know, I don't know, maybe a 12 by 12 room into another 12 by 12 room into another one and so on and so forth. But when you're playing the game, you don't have that sense. You just feel like you're in the game and it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we all had a blast. The people we were playing with, that was their first time uh, experiencing it as well as ours. So it was just a lot of fun. And I really want to do it again. The one that we went to, they, I guess they have more than one um, game you can choose from, but at the, at this point in time, Right now, because of Star Wars Land or Galaxy's Edge, they're pushing the uh, Star Wars VR. But I, I hear that there's a Wreck-It Ralph one, and I think there was another one. But um, it was so much fun that I wouldn't mind trying the Wreck-It Ralph one next time. Because, in fact, the guy who was there, who was uh, the, the guy who helps us along with everything, he said that he prefers the Wreck-It Ralph one over the Star Wars one. So I don't know what they do in that one that may lean towards it being a little bit more fun. But I would be willing to give that a try again at some point in time. But it was a lot of fun. And so I, I would say, David, once you have some chance or some time to check one of those out, I, I think you'll have, a, you'll have a blast with it. Nice. So what this was at The Void at Downtown Disney. Yeah, there okay. you go. Yep. So are they still offering Secrets of the Empire too? That's what we played, yeah. Oh, you did play Secrets of the Empire. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yeah, my buddy said that, uh, I mean, to add to that with Bobby, like, you know, you know, feeling like you're getting shot and everything like that. He got so into playing it, like, he actually got rug burns on his knees from, like, crawling around and ducking and just really going after the experience and just kind of letting himself succumb to it. Like, it was kind of interesting to hear his take on it he said it, it like you know bobby said it's just one of the coolest things that he's ever done so i'm really looking forward to him getting it so i can actually try it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll you'll enjoy it i mean it's just i i don't know if people will have any kind of sensitivity to it i don't know um in terms of if it's headache inducing for everyone i i can imagine it could be but i didn't really get that feeling from it and i just had fun just because of the way their whole thing was set up because if in your environment if it's hot for whatever wherever you're at in whatever room you're in it, it's there's you can feel heat coming in and it's just like little aspects just little touches there here and there that add to the experience of it all that really made it just a lot a lot of fun yeah i can't believe i haven't done secrets of the empire yet i gotta do that anyway <laughs> uh so I'm curious real quick. Uh, we had talked on, I think it was the last episode, how I know Michelle and I, we've seen like a couple episodes at that at that point of the chef show over on Netflix, the John Favreau kind of reality cooking show. Kind of as basically it's like a spinoff of his movie Chef. 
And mm. um, last night, Michelle, you watched Chef for the first time. You hadn't seen it before. What'd you think That's of it? That's true. Um, I liked it. I, I, I thought maybe there was times where it was a little slow pacing, but overall I enjoyed the film. I think it's... it's it speaks to people, I think, that are going through kind of a similar situation. You know, you reach a point in your, your life where you are you want to pursue what makes you happy. And should it be at a cost of your friends or family? Or should you, can you find a way to incorporate what your passion is and still feel fulfilled and whole in all the other aspects of your life? And and I really liked that. I thought it was really good. Cool. I will say it was, it was weird watching... Favreau on screen with ScarJo. I think just because this came out around the same time they were, they were already filming Avenger stuff when the film came out. Oh yeah, yeah, he had already yeah. done and so Iron like, Man. And... I'm watching these scenes going, and as weird as this sounds, I'm sitting going, please don't kiss or show anything because that's really going to be weird for me. And like, that would have been weird for you. Huh? It would have been weird for me. Like, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Mostly just because it's like, I just can't, like, you know, uh, Black Widow and then his character, uh, I can't think of the name of it, in Iron Man. Oh. Um, Happy? Happy? Happy. Thank you. Happy. Happy like, Hogan. That's literally like watching Black Widow and Happy hook up. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And her hair was really dark, too. I was just like, I don't think I can. I was like, please don't show anything weird. I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but overall, no, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was really good. It's funny because I feel like you don't get to see John Favreau not only just act in a film a lot lately, but you know to be in front of the camera. To be a lead. But, but to be a lead in front of the camera. Man, it's been a while. Mm. You know? Right. Yeah. So that was just... You just know that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, it was just interesting to, to watch a whole film with him as a lead again. I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've watched him be not just in front of the camera, but like in front of the camera for 90% of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, with the people that he had in the film, it's just, it's almost like he just, you know, this was a very much probably just a, a mini passion project yeah. of his. Like, totally. He, he just was like, I really like this script. I really like this idea. I really want this, you know, to kind of come to fruition. And he probably was just like, hey, Rob, you know, Scar, do you guys want to do this movie? Like, I have a couple of roles where you, like, what do you think in between, like, filming? We get this, we knock this out. And it was just, you know, it was more, probably more than likely just like, yeah, all right, that sounds great, man. It sounds fun. Let's do it. Yeah, no, exactly. If, it's it's totally a passion project, film, but it was a good one. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, like Robert Downey Jr.'s role was not a big one. No. Like it's just like he kept kind of waiting for him to show up, and then when he showed up, he was there for like a couple of scenes or one really one major scene. Yeah. scene. yeah, and then he was there, and then he was gone. Like it, it was it really to me, it just felt like because it was in the midst, in the middle of all this Marvel and Iron Man and Avengers stuff, that it's just like, hey man, I have a free afternoon on Tuesday, I can come over and do this. Then is that work? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically yeah. No, it was good. I liked it. And I think Me that too. was my third time seeing it. And it's one of those movies, the more I watch it, the more I just enjoy it. Because I want to I want to say, like, the first time I saw it, I probably, if I talked about it on the podcast, I don't know if I did, I probably sounded like you do now, where you like, you enjoyed it. There were some things about it where it was a little slow, but overall, it's fine. But I'm like, the more I watch it, I'm like, I like it even more and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just talking about it and seeing his, his show on Netflix 
and you know like has wanted gotten me to want to revisit the show because or the movie i should say yeah um because it's just like you know i feel like food plays a big part of his life and like what he just enjoys to do enjoys and that's why i think this you know this whole story of chef and then the chef show and everything like that kind of taking off and i can appreciate that yeah that was for me i just kind of wanted to rewatch it just like what you're saying because of watching the chef show and then it's mm-hmm. funny too, you know, especially for someone like me who watches credits all the time, watching it last night, I was like, wait, maybe I never watched these credits all the way through because I don't remember the kind of behind the scenes little the clip they show keys. of him and the guy from... Because they the, talked about it on the chef show. Yeah, I didn't remember that that was in the end credits. And I was like, oh, look at that. Huh. Yeah, there he is. Anyway. I, I made grilled cheese today, actually. And I was... Did you moving, go for the... I was moving my bread around a little bit. I was, and then I did the oh. double butter on the one side. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. I'm just saying, it's some pretty <laughs> baller grilled cheese. You were perfectly grilled. Nice, good job. I should have taken a photo of them. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> they were they were pretty awesome. I was like, man, just saying. Speaking of a guy who can pretty much do everything, in John Favreau, uh, a woman who can do pretty much anything, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Uh, Michelle, you've been watching some Fleabag? Yes, I have. And you know what? I was so bummed because I've kind of run out of time. I haven't watched the last episode for the first season. And then I still obviously still have the whole second season. But let me, I mean, God, that show is so good. Right? That show is so good. Like, it's, and it, it's one of those shows that, like, I heard when it first came out and everybody was saying it was so good. So, it's not for not wanting to have watched it when it first came out and I'm just now getting it just one of those things like I'm just now finally getting the time to kind of edge it in here and there and here and there basically like David edits the podcast <laughs> and I'm like I'm gonna listen I'm gonna watch some feedback and I put on my headphones and I watch it on like my, my iPad but it's um no it's so good <laughs> like she is wonderful and we all should embrace her and cherish her because her skills her ability to not only her comedic timing but also just some of the warmth that she has and you can tell like she's made this character kind of a person that has not been able to show warmth and caring for so many situations so when it edges out it's such a like precious moment in the show but for the most part it's like you're watching her constantly just get crushed by life over and over and over again. You're just like, oh my God, this woman is having, she's, it's been rough. She's had a rough go, but at the same time, like she, she goes with it with a smile. She literally looks at it from a different perspective and goes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Screw it. Okay. That's what's up. We're doing, you know, and she moves on. She trudges forward and she finds the the hilarity or the comedic, the funniness in the moment and she kind of embraces that funny part and goes okay we're just going to focus on that because it's the only thing that's going to make me through this situation and yeah it's just it's the writing is so good it's such a good show man yeah after seeing her skills on display in Fleabag and also in Killing Eve I'm really that much more interested in seeing this James Bond 25 knowing that um, that uh, Daniel Craig wanted her to come on and help sort of write some of the scenes or rewrite I guess it it, it it was at this point so I'm curious to see what 
what involvement she ends up having and effect she has on the on the Bond franchise. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, you know, some of the last reports that I read coming out of that film filming was that it was a well orchestrated shit show. So yeah. hopefully she's gone in on, hey guys, you need a script <laughs> and you actually need to have words written on pages instead of just making it up as you go. And hopefully she's kind of you know, reeled it back in here for them and, and made it more of a thing. But no, it, I think it'll be interesting to see her take on it. And I think she's going to, it'll be interesting to see how she maybe does some rewrites for whatever, whoever's going to be the Bond girl in this one. Or the Bond villain really could be if, if they do any female villain, villainesses. Could be good. I could see it going really well. She could write some really good stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. I haven't watched Layback, so... Fair. I know you haven't, and I feel bad. It's so funny, too, because, like, you're editing the podcast, and I have headphones on, and I'm just giggling and laughing my ass <laughs> in the same room, and I know you must be going, what the hell is so damn funny over there? And it's just... Of. It's hilarious, and I, like, laugh out loud. I try not to get too loud, but it's, like, it's hard. It's, it's, it is a laugh-out-loud show. Like, there's moments where it's like, oh, my God. So, good. so speaking of laugh out loud shows, who watched Euphoria? Oh wow, there's there's a left turn. I I was waiting for you to watch it because I know I had mentioned it last week, and you were saying, well, it was going to be kind of a toss up because you wanted to watch it, but then also um, there was I forget what the other thing was that you were potentially going to watch, and it was sort of between those two. But I remember you saying that you hadn't watched Euphoria at the time. And I did well, last, watch it that Last night. weekend was the first episode, right? We recorded yeah. the first episode aired that episode. night. Right. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and this was through text that the oh, next okay. day yeah, I yeah. remember asking. Yeah. So um, the my feelings on Euphoria is that it really is scary if you're a parent and you're watching this show, because I feel like when I watch show movies like this kind of theme where kids are kind of out of control at parties and, and just the copious amounts of drugs that's available to youth in, in, in forever, since forever, I guess, really, it, it's scary because when you're a parent, your your thoughts immediately turn to like, how you were as a kid and how accessible all these different things were to you that now it seems like every generation, they seem to up the game because I, I swear, I, I think I talked about this on the podcast before, but it just seems like nowadays the idea of, of vaping just seems to be normal in, in today's society, whether you're watching a TV show or a movie, it's just sort of accepted that that's what the young kids are doing today is just vaping so it's sort of weird whenever you see that for me and and it's and it and it really drives home the point in in a lot of ways that as a parent you can only do so much because once they leave the house you just never really truly know what's going on unless you're just you got them geotagged or something and you you know where they're at and you're following them because a lot of times Unfortunately, the the parents are always seem to have no clue really uh, 
or seem to act in such a way that maybe they never had these experiences when they were younger to be on the lookout for it within their own kids. So they always seem sort of oblivious or oblivious to any kind of tricks or, or types of ways that kids can get out of the house, it, which always sort of baffles my mind. But um, it really just kind of just kind of shows that you you can't necessarily have um, the type of thoughts you think you have about your kid because they could be just influenced by others and you just kind of hope that maybe they have a good head on their shoulders and can make their own way. But the show itself is way more um, grounded in that in in this whole aspect of uh, drugs and alcohol than I, I, I thought it would be. Um, I, I still don't quite know if there's a, a central story at hand to what we're going to follow other than you see uh, Zendaya's character who's fresh out of rehab uh, and she's all of about 15, 16 years old, I guess maybe. And she has no intention of staying sober and you kind of just follow her around and the shenanigans that she gets involved in. So I don't really know um, what more the show offers, but I, I do feel compelled enough about it to keep watching it so i'm kind of curious david since you mentioned it uh what your thoughts are on it well as to that though while i'm thinking about it i will say based on i'm I'm with you when it comes to as i was watching it i was thinking the same thing i'm like this is interesting but this almost seems like this would be like a mini series like mm -hmm. how is this going to be a a season to season show like if this should say this first season's popular enough and it, it carries on right. but based on the way that the episode ended and then kind of the kind of footage of what we're going to see in the future i was like okay i can kind of see yeah like purely based on like the kind of the last scene of the episode i could see where now it's going to f what the kind of plot it's going to follow right right it's the slow true. unraveling of the truth of the situation with all, each kid kind of kind of yeah. but also the kind of relationship between a couple characters right right, right um right. but i yeah what you're saying in terms of being a parent and watching the show oh. it's kind of like what i said about eighth grade the movie yeah. which it this is like eighth grade but much much worse much more intense <laughs> and, and you so know I, much more i'm intense. one of those people that you know i agreed with the the sentiment that i've heard before which oh eighth grade is for a parent is like a horror movie and it it kind of was but the show is a horror but movie then, for parents. But eighth grade compared to this was. God. <laughs> I mean, the thing about eighth grade, it was just that kind of reality, you know, watching the reality of like child growing up in uh, an age when they all have cell phones and just a social media age. And this is that plus drugs and everything. Oh. And, and oh it's. Yeah, it's it's frightening. Well, and I'm saying this as a parent of a, you know, my oldest is seven. He's got a ways, a little ways to go before he's kind of, kind of experienced this kind of life. And who the hell knows how life is going to be when he right? gets to like 13, 14, you still got seven more years before he's even in high school. You mentioned VR. Jeez. I mean, we could be straight up ready player one by then for all I know. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, it's, yeah, of course it's frightening. And I, it makes me want to go to my parents and go, what did you do? Because I need to, to, to do that. And I mean, I say that because I, I don't, I grew up like 
I don't know. I was one of these kids that like I never like went to like high school parties. That's one of those things that for me, whenever I've seen like parties, like high school parties and movies and TV, like like you see in this first episode, I from my perspective, I've always seen that and gone, "Is that reality?" Because like I never experienced that in high school. That's a like a college mm. kind of experience for me, not high school. And and yeah, like I'm just one of those kids. Like I never drank in high school, like ever. I never had a drink till I was in college. I never did drugs. Like, so like, I'm, it makes me want to go to my parents' house and go, my God, what did you do? So I can do the same thing with my kids. Well, the thing is, is I think one thing I was going to say was what Bobby was saying is like, you, there's only so much you can do though. I yeah. mean, you can only put bars on right. the windows. No, I know. The kids are literally doing it in the house with the parents in the house. Like, no, it's, I know, there's, I know. there's only so much that you can do. But I think what I was going to say was that when you talk about how much, like you look at eighth grade and it shows how much, you know, technology and social media have played in. I think this is like, so shows you what social media does and shows you just the advances of everybody having this phone on them all the time. And it really shows you the effects of it. Like, how much this affects them. Like, their perception of sex and love and relationships is just so effing warped. Yes, and I will say eighth grade, though, does the same thing. That was actually a big takeaway of eighth grade was, like, just it thought it did a good job of showing how all of that affects the way they perceive everything but yes. yeah i think this anyway. is way more in detail like it really i i was like man it really just displays how much they don't their perception of things is just so much more warped because of the social media because of the world that they're they're growing up in and it's yeah i mean when i was in high school Cell phones were new, brand new. There was literally in my class, I think, five of us that had them. I was one of them through most of high school. There was only a few people. And I grew up where I was different from David. Like, those were the parties we had starting somewhere around Uh sophomore year. And that's they got more intense the older you got <laughs> and like we had those kind of crazy parties and and i'm not saying like i didn't think they existed at all i mean right, I, i'm saying this like i was just, a, you weren't i was a band geek like and it, right and, and i'm sure there were plenty of band geeks that were also in parties well, like totally. that i just i i don't know i wasn't but and it's like i think about my partying days back then and, and the things that i would do and i was i i you know thinking about like looking watching the show makes you think about it and i'm like i did stuff but there were things i definitely would look at and go no <laughs> i'm good thanks <laughs> and now i'm like watching the show and i'm like oh my god and it's just you know drug alcohol i think in in high school has been alcohol in high school since the 50s basically or 60s but seeing the drugs advance you know like when my parents were that time frame it was pot and then when I got older, it was pot and, you know, a couple other random, you know, things. I know there's people that did coke and stuff like that. But E was a new thing to hit when I was in high school. You know, one of the first major mainstream, like, synthetically created drugs. And I'm watching Euphoria and, like, the, this little kid is a drug dealer is telling her what these synthetically made things <laughs> oh, are. Dude, right? And he's going over these things, and I'm like, I have no effing clue what this kid is saying. 
and they're synthetically made drugs like this and I'm just like do you have any idea how effed up those will make you? And I'm like, I I vaguely know what some that's gonna do. Like I'm like, he lost me after the first ingredient, well, one thing, and I have no idea what the other thing is. And you, <laughs> the letters are indicators of what's inside of them, and then the number. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm hearkening back to a day, and I'm going, I'm lost, dude. And I used to know this stuff, but I'm like, these are so synthetically made. I'm like, Jesus, he's just tr- trying to die, basically, yeah. which seems to be the goal, but. Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm watching it, and I was watching it, and I looked at David at one point, and I was like, man, good luck with your kids, dude. Like, <laughs> it's just like, man, I can't. Oh, like, I just, like, I, I thought it was pretty heavy when I was a kid, and I know the generation behind me, it was pretty heavy, but now looking at this other generation, it's behind them, and I'm like, oh, nope, no thank you. <laughs> way too intense by the way I didn't know this until after watching the show and I, I'm curious if you guys had already known but the the actress that plays Jules uh, she's a transgender actress did you guys know that I didn't though I'm I, not surprised I guess there, like, was, there was a moment there was a shot that they yeah, did yeah there's a shot and it kind of threw me for a second mm-hmm. and I was kind of like I know that that shot too. I was like, "Wait, is that?" I don't know. Is that what I think that is. Right, exactly. And it was like, and I had to think about it. I was like, I could see it being a transgendered actor, and that's fine, actress. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's totally fine. But it definitely threw me for a second. I was like, they haven't really. I don't know. I was like, they haven't really talked about anything. I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. Yeah, I I did totally. I. Didn't know, like I said, at all until I think I was looking up, um, I don't know, either reviews or just some of the thoughts of what other people were thinking about the show. And, and it was mentioned in an article. So I was like, huh, well, uh, no clue. But then I don't know if I really answered your question in terms of what did I think of the show other than thinking it was mm. scary. I mean, I, I'm i definitely intrigued. I'm going to keep watching for sure. And other than if it hadn't been for the way it ended and if I had still been like, man, what? what is the plot of this show going to be? Just continued, like, watching Zendaya's character go, you know, through what she's going through, I guess? Like, I'd be maybe a little skeptical, but I don't know. There was enough right there at the end with Mm -hmm. the kind of relationship we see that is something is happening there. I'm like, okay. I I, Overall, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, you feel weird even saying I enjoyed it. Like, sure, you know what I mean. But you, you get yeah. what I'm saying. It was, yeah. I found it interesting enough that interesting I'm going to show. keep watching the show, for sure. Got it. That's that's where I am. Anyway, Yasha, I feel bad. Yeah, you Yasha, did you watch it? it? Have you watched it or anything recently? No. In fact, when David kind of introed this uh, this conversation, when he said, "Speaking of comedy, has anybody watched Euphoria?" I for a split second there, I actually thought he meant that it was really a comedy, and Sorry. I misinterpreted all of the trailers yeah, that I've no. seen for the show. So I was completely not, lost for a second. I'm you like, did not misinterpret like, a gosh darn thing off those ads. I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? Because it didn't look like it was going to be funny. Like, I'm really confused. And then listening to it, like, you guys have got me interested, but I have not watched any of this show yet. I 
truth be told, I wasn't super interested in watching the show until I heard you guys talk about it. And now I'm interested in checking it out. It is interesting, but definitely, like, be prepared to go, what? (laughs) And I mean, not even, like, I mean... Not even from like a perspective of oh I was never a kid that did that and like like David and then I was a kid that did that and I'm like holy crap like they bas- they didn't say here hold my beer they were like here hold my cocaine watch that <laughs> go tickers yeah and I'm with like, I'm like, with you David like I'm with you too like when I was in high school I really didn't drink or party I guess you could say. I think the only thing that I did was I, when I was a junior, I may have had half of a Zima. Like, and I'm not what? kidding. Like, like, legit. I know, man. I'm out of control. So um, but hearing what this show is like and what this is about, and I mean, it's not to say that I guess I didn't know. I knew people that didn't do that sort of thing, and some of the parties were probably like that. I just didn't do it. Like, like you, David, I was kind of a band geek, and I'm sure some of my band friends did do some of that stuff, but I just never really partook in any of that, like really had anything to do with it. Like my friends were more and I were more interested in running around the streets, um, playing video games, playing uh, messing around like comic book reading. Um, movies was a big part of it, uh, but we just never really focused on that like that wasn't like my thing same here i probably had similar to you yasha i think i tasted a beer once when i was like oh probably 14 or 15 maybe and i was like nope not for me um i'm good (laughs) (laughs) and so i don't think uh, i went back to a beer after that and I think uh, I tried a cigarette once when I was like 10 and I didn't get what the big deal was and I never did again after that and anything heavier than that I've never tried so yeah similar um, it was just in the video games comics and uh, hanging out at the mall just like cheesy stuff I guess really by these days standards but I don't know I had fun I never felt like I was missing out on anything yeah like, yes. I think I, I, with you, Bobby, it's like, I think I may have kind of touched a cigarette when I was really, really, really young. And I, I had asthma growing up, which was just a horrible decision on my part. Mm. And I was just like, when I tried it, like, kind of like, it wasn't something that I wanted to actively keep trying to do because I damn near hacked up a lung. But it was like, I was just messing around with it, got a little smoke in my lungs. And then it was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is not for me. Um, I didn't try really a beer until I got probably into my 20s. Like when I turned 21 is, and you know, it's funny. It's like a lot of my friends and Bobby, you know, a lot of these people mm-hmm. um, didn't really drink or do anything until we were in our early 20s also. Mm. And it was just, just not something that we really did. And it's just like, you know, we were around it, but we're just like, no, nah, I don't drink. No, nah, I'm good. You know, and just kind of kept it moving. Yeah. So I'm the rebel bad So hearing what this group. show is about. Yeah, Michelle, you're like just <laughs> yeah, a horrible right. influence on all of us. Bad one. Like it's just. <laughs> but now I'm interested in watching this show. Now I'm interested in giving it a shot just to see what it is about and whatnot. So you guys have kind of convinced me of that. Check check it out. Buckle up. Check it out. <laughs> Real quick, that the this conversation too, as a parent being like frightened of what my kids will end up 
doing when they get a little older. And then Michelle, you pointing out that scene with the kid and talking about like what these different drugs were. And you were like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And as someone who's never really done, you know, these types of drugs or anything, it's like I recently, what I guess, I don't know if you guys heard, there was like a huge, huge, huge drug bust in Philadelphia. Yes, I heard about that. It like, like $1.1 billion worth of cocaine. Seen how much cocaine and, they found on this fridge. <laughs> and I mean, and the, and by the way, to hear that, like the the container or whatever, this cocaine made its way onto the boat mid trip. Like, anyway, like, <laughs> like, yeah. But I I was working with somebody that day who was talking about like you like it's just so insane like how much pure cocaine that must be you know and talking about how normally like you know to get cocaine volume up or whatever you they mix it with crazy stuff just to give it more size mm-hmm. like like and he mentioned like like drywall and me and another mm-hmm. co-worker were like what like mm-hmm. <laughs> to think that not only it's bad enough that you know maybe your kid is doing drugs in general but then like baby powder you never know what you're intaking you have no idea what you're intaking not an effing clue what you're taking when you take drugs especially nowadays and i will and then i'm not trying to like defend drugs here i'm just saying like drugs in the 60s and 70s and even a little bit in the 80s were different than drugs in the 90s and now let me tell you it is two different worlds my friends like what things get cut with now versus what they used to get cut with back right. then? Oh my sweet Jesus! <laughs> God. Ugh. So anyway, I just made me think. Think of that. You have no idea what you're putting in your body. You have no effing clue what you're putting inside your body. Like, ugh. Well, ugh. while we're doing random, you know, crazy turns from one subject to the next, Toy Story Four came out this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. David, your, your transitioning is, is is level A this weekend. Yes. Like I mean, mm. it's just trying, you I'm are trying. nailing it, nailing uh, it. it. Thanks. Mm. So yeah, Toy Story four came out this weekend. Toy Story four, number one at the box office, of course. Shocking. Though it fell yeah, short, it fell short of d- expectations a little bit, but it still made really? a lot of money. I think it, it might pick up a little bit with the Fourth of July coming up. A little I bit. say that, and I mean it is I still. Think it'll have legs. It yeah, still so made more money than any of the other Toy Story films have made in their opening weekends. Right. But I think Disney expectations were in the 140 plus range. Oh my god! But insane. it made 118. That's insane for a children's film. Like, oh yeah, that's insane. It is, and but. it's one of the few G films coming out this year. Did you know that? Was it G? One of the few rated G films. It made it to a G rating. Oh. I, I know. I was kind of surprised it wasn't PG. But, yeah. I know. You would almost think that the, whatever those puppet dolls would just take it to the PG on their own. Benson? <laughs> yeah, Benson. Oh, God. Those are, this is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> yeah, pretty creepy. And I don't want to get into, like, spoilers, but there's a moment. Right. There's a chase scene. Oh, I know. Yeah, oh. that's that scene at all alone. Now that you mentioned that, I'm like, wait, I would think that would take it to PG. I was watching that scene and I was like, this is filling my truitions of nightmares I've had growing. Like, oh, I have a thing about clowns and a thing about like ventriloquist dummy dolls, and those things were the stuff of effing nightmares. Like, seriously, that scene was so messed up. I was like, oh. Okay, okay, not too much. Some of us haven't seen it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> she hasn't said any spoilers. I mean, but. it's one of those things when you see them, the moment you see it pop on the screen, you're going to be like, oh, what is wrong with Pixar? <laughs> <laughs> right. Why? 
But Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. So, yeah, Yasha, you haven't seen it yet. What, do you want to see not. it and you just didn't get oh, to it yet? Or? Okay. No, I, I absolutely want to see it. I'm interested to see it. Um, I And saying that, I'm, I still feel very very much inclined to say that the last Pixar one that they did, the last Toy Story, Toy Story 3 was just a beautiful wrap up of the entire series. And I don't know what really prompted this story or really why they felt the need to keep the story going, but you know, I'll still go watch it. I think I had the same thoughts actually, when I found out this was happening and even going into the theater, I was kind of like, I can't believe I'm seeing a Toy Story 4 because I think I, unlike some other people, I did enjoy the way Toy Story Four was, and Toy the Story way Three, Toy Story Three was, and the way it wrapped up. And oh, you and everybody on the planet don't. I mean, everybody right. loved Toy Story Three. I thought it ended basically really well, except me. Right, and I thought it ended really well, and I thought it wrapped up well. And so I was kind of questioning, like, how can they? What are they going to do here? And yeah. I will say pleasantly surprised with the route that they went. I was surprised by it, I, honestly, especially for some of the characters in the film. I was like, wow, this is really happening. It was intriguing to watch play out and to unfold. Uh, yeah, I mean, and to recap my feelings on Toy Story 3, as I go into my opinion on Toy Story 4, yeah, I don't know why I... I know, I'm not saying I'm the only person. I've actually heard a few other opinions that are similar to mine on Toy Story 3, but they're few and far between. For the most part, I get that everyone seems to love that movie. I It didn't quite do it for me. I think my reaction, if I remember correctly, and it's been a little while since I've watched Toy Story 3 from beginning to end. I was going to ask you about that. But I just remember feeling like it was more of the same. Like, remember being, it wasn't, I wanted somewhat, something a little more different. And I just remember watching it going, I just feel like it's the same themes over again. And a lot of the same jokes too, like the claw and just, I don't know, stuff that I loved. And to be clear too, I love Toy Story. The first film, I even liked the second film and I don't even think. I actually love the second film. It seems to be also another common opinion that Toy Story 2 is is good, but it's not that great. I I really enjoyed Toy Story 2, but I love Toy Story. But for some reason, Toy Story 3, I just found myself disappointed by. With that said, yes, the ending of Toy Story 3, I think, is a great ending. Oh, Niagara Falls, Mikey. Niagara Falls. Other than that, I just remember watching it being like, "Ah, it's just more of the same. Come on, guys. You could be a little more creative. Like, that's that's where I was with it. Okay, so Toy Story 4. I love Toy Story 4. Oh. And this is the movie I wish had been Toy Story 3, basically. Okay. Like, this was different enough that I was, I don't know, this this worked for me. With that said, yes, it does still implore some of the same themes and even the same kind of plot of, like, oh, a lost toy needs to, you know, and I'm not spoiling anything, but... Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yes, the new character is... Was it Forky? Forky. Forky is great. By by what's his name? Tony Hall. Yeah. Um, or Hale. Tony Hale. Um. But yeah, I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I really liked it. Do you think they would have been able to go with a story like this if they hadn't done three? Well, I mean, in terms of the actual plot, I, I don't know. No, I mean, obviously, the way this movie starts off, it's. Mm-hmm. It needed Toy Story, the things that happened in Toy Story three to happen, of course. Right. But, but I just mean in general, this kind of story, something in different. This franchise, it felt it was good, still, it felt fresh, it was different enough, and yeah, it felt fresh. That, that's what I felt was missing from the third movie, and that's gotcha. what I liked about this. And yeah, I, 
I laughed a lot in this film. And you did laugh a lot in this film. I, I, really I rarely get to look over and see you giggling, but you were giggling and chuckling and having a good old time. And there's been movies that I've taken my kids to lately that are kids' movies, but I still feel like they were like halfway through getting a little squirmy, like, okay, we're, we don't want to be here anymore. But this movie seemed to have them all the way through, like no problem. For the most part, they, wow. were, they were pretty glued. There was a few moments they were kind of like, Meh. I think it was when most of the talking starts kind of happening in, in the ones, in, there's a few scenes where it's just a lot of talking because it, it's what's moving the, the one character's projections forward. That they seem kind of meh, but then they were right back into it again. And I mean, that, that was minimal. For, for right. When I look at all the experiences that I've had so far of taking my kids to movies, this was definitely one of the better experiences. I think between like this and Incredibles 2, I think, are the best two experiences we've had with yeah. them. Yeah. No, they they were pretty much glued to Watching the screen the movie. most of this movie and pretty good with just sitting there, which is impressive for them. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yes. yes. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. I I liked it. What What do you think, Bobby? I mean, I I guess to echo some earlier thoughts in terms of my anticipation level for it. Uh, it wasn't as low as some people had the feeling going into it beforehand. Uh, to me, it was just kind of like, huh. I mean, I was curious as to where they would take a fourth movie because of the way everyone says three ended in such a way that you just felt like that was, that was it. We weren't getting any more of these side aside from any kind of shorts that they might do for them, but a full blown movie, it just didn't seem like there was any reason to go back to that. Well, so once they announced it, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I can't imagine what story we were going to get. And like David said, there, there are similar themes but with this fourth movie, I feel like in watching it, I can't rem- remember the last time this was the case for whatever movie I saw. And, and it's probably, if I dig deep into my, the recesses of my mind, I'm sure I can maybe come up with something, but at least not right this second. But this is about as close to a perfect movie that I think I've seen in a while. I mean, it just seems to hit on every single level what you want in a in a movie, especially of a, a blockbuster movie. It's something that works on the level of visual. I mean, the a lot of the visual effects in this is just so so good. Um, I'm thinking of times when the weather, when you see the weather and, and water effects, it's just like, man, how do they get it to look so so perfect? And they really craft and, and spend time with it. And you can just tell the the, the shade lighting on, on some of the figures and stuff. Just everything about it looks so good. And they just pay so much attention to detail. Little touches here and there of the way characters look. And the emotions that come out of the characters themselves. You just really feel everything that these toys are going through when you're watching it. And, I mean, there's aspects of intense that are intense there's levels of just joy and and happiness and and honest to goodness laughs that are in it and it just does everything right and there's very little i would nitpick i mean there there's things there's a few things but uh, overall it's just such a, a a grade a class 
film from top to bottom that it made me feel like, okay, this was well-deserved in terms of why you would add another movie into this franchise. And I feel like I'm not alone in that feeling. It it made a believer out of a lot of people who were thinking, uh, um, do we really need a, a fourth movie? And I just, I just really enjoyed um, seeing everyone on display and some of the new characters and uh, some of the the guest appearances of different casts or actors that were voicing things in here that I won't get into. But um, yeah, just just such a good film. And uh, yeah, if they tried to do a fifth one, I, at this point, I'm just like, do do you? Because uh, I, I obviously feel like they can kind of do anything with this franchise and, and it'll turn out good for everyone. I, I echo your guys' thoughts. I thought this was fabulous. I I went into it, not like, you know, a negative Nelly, but I definitely kind of went into this movie kind of going, okay, what what are they going to, what is what is this plot? Like, what are they going to do? Because it wrapped up so well in my mind in three. And so, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, br- bring it, I guess. Let's see. And it they brought it. It was good. Um, I think my one kind of negative was I was surprised at how little some of the other major characters were in the film and that kind of surprised me but I like the introduction of the newer characters and like Bobby just said some of the guest appearances I thought were so awesome and like you could hear their voices and you're like oh my god I can't they got that person to do that that's awesome and it was really cool but um yeah no I it's it I mean I definitely had some tears at the end I was like oh my gosh this is it's like if you think about it, the first film came out 24 years ago. 24 years ago. That's yeah, insane. It's crazy. <laughs> this has been a part of, I mean, I wasn't a, a little kid when this film came out, but I've grown up with these films. Like, mm-hmm. they're, it's, it's emotional. And everybody had, to, most, most people have grew up with toys in their life. Like, you can connect. It's emotional. Like, it, it gets you. So at some point, they're going to get to you. And yeah, this one was really good. And um, yeah, I have to say shout out to, and I never know how to pronounce her last name, but Kristen Schaal, the one who plays Trixie, the Triceratops, Mm -hmm. she had some of the best, not surprising, some of the best damn lines (laughs) in the whole movie. (laughs) She's so good as Trixie. I love her so much. She does a lot of voice characters for a lot of Disney shows and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, she's just a funny actress. She is. She's just kind of a quirky little actress. She's actually was in the episode of What We Do in the Shadows, that last episode we watched. And she was really good in that episode. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just kind of a quirky actress. And she had some of the best lines in this. I was losing every time Trixie would open her mouth. I was just laughing. It was just so funny. I loved it. And I loved, like, watching, like, how Woody is with Dolly like their whole thing because like Woody's the head of his group and Dolly was the head right. of their group and how they have to kind of go okay we have to work together here right. <laughs> like it was cute to watch that I like that kind of stuff like it was no no it was it was endearing and heartwarming and heartbreaking and it's everything that a Toy Story film is supposed to be and it was and I you go Pixar, Disney. You guys, you win. This was John Laster's last one. 
Well, he didn't direct this. I know, but it was the last one he can have any, like, say right. that he dipped his fingers into. But basically, this was John Lasseter's last Pixar Disney collab in any way, shape, or form. Right, right. Like, this was officially it. Yeah, to think that this director, this is basically his directorial debut. Totally. He did a couple of video shorts, I guess, before this, but. Yeah. Did you notice there was no short before this film? That was going to be my other comment, which I guess makes it have something in common with the very first Toy Story film, which I guess hadn't. If now it was hard for me to remember now that many years ago that that first Toy Story film didn't have a short. But no. yeah, I remember when the movie started. I was like, "Wait a second, what the hell?" We're just jumping right <laughs> like, in. There's no, there's no short. <laughs> just jumping like, right in here. Like I feel robbed, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't think a reason apparently has been given from Pixar, like one way or the other, why they just they had apparently confirmed before the movie came out that indeed it wasn't going to have a short, and that's really all they had said. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious why, like, just didn't have one ready to go. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it was I an intentional choice. Oh, did you? I think so. Um, I can't remember who said it or whatnot. But essentially, it just boiled down to they just didn't have anything that they were ready to have in front of Toy Story 4. It was kind of a thing where uh, they always are making sure that they have something that's really presentable that essentially could be submitted for an Oscar. But they didn't feel like they had something right now that was ready to go and ready to be shown. So it's kind of like they decided they will serve no wine before it's time and there just wasn't anything ready to go. Hmm. Gotcha. And what I thought was interesting, so Don Rickles passed away before they started this one, this project. Right. So any Mr. Potato Head that you heard was based on stuff that they'd had in archives and they worked to process lines together to make flow for mm. any Mr. Potato Head lines that were in there. Alright, so I that. Previous Don Rickles recordings... I thought it was interesting. Yeah. And then, and this is not a spoiler, but I will say, the combat Carl voice, I did not realize who it was, but I looked it up and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> huh? Any wagers? And I will, oh, I already know, because uh, I stayed through. And, and in fact, there's a little something at the very, very end of the movie. So if uh. you do stay and watch, there's a little something there. Yeah, yeah. For, for I, someone I in a movie theater with two kids, that did not. Yeah, we didn't get to really sit and stay. They, were, I mean, they basically the credits come up and they're like, "Okay, let's go." We're like, "Slow down, slow your." I mean, yeah, roll, I, wa- roll, I watch the the scenes that you see during the first part of the end of credits. Yes, yes. Okay, it's all we that. Got those. But yeah, yeah, I was like, Carl Weathers. That's he's com- he's come back, Carl. That's awesome. It's the best. Oh, there's other surprises. That's not the most surprising one. That's a good voice. Well. Wow. I guess uh, I just shut the bed. What? I, well. What? Uh, I think that I one's a big surprise. There's other stuff no, that's Bobby, big surprises. No, Bobby, what were you going to say, Bobby? No, I mean, I just wasn't going to. That's one of the ones I wasn't, what I was saying, there was surprises I just wasn't going to say. But, uh. yeah. There's a oh, lot oh, more. That there are like more. The... There's more. There's, there's more. But I was like, oh, I have to say the high five joke is great. That's pretty awesome. So um, classic. So which, classic. Uh, there was a... Did you see how much it made, David? Because you mentioned that 
there was it wasn't up to sort of expectations or, or at least what the initial yeah I'd, I'd said one eighteen yeah okay yeah I think it's gonna have legs though because oh, it totally. is so good that I think this will play for quite a while in the theaters and you, it will be one of those ones where I'm curious to see if it will pass the others but it's good enough to wreck it absolutely see that it could do that and stay in the theater long enough to do that completely this 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 movie's going to be doing well for a little while when when does uh in game go back in on the 20th well it's not technically out but it it they add that new bit of footage for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, they Kevin Feige came out, I think it was earlier in this past week, had was saying that they were going to be putting some new footage at the very end of Endgame. And he didn't say it in so many words, but essentially they're trying to catch that Avatar record. And mm-hmm. so they are going to be adding some, uh, they said, a tribute of some sort, um, some other fun stuff and some something else on the end of uh, Endgame in the, in theaters this upcoming weekend. So, so between um, Endgame we'll getting see. between Endgame getting its resurgence and then Toy Story, which is going to have some legs for a little while, I can see it. I think at least until Lion King, and then Lion King. Disney has owned the oh. summer. <laughs> Yeah. Owned it. Well, I mean, yeah, especially when they own so much. Well, now. they own so much, but <laughs> literally, I mean, yeah. like, man, like, there's just really no competition right now for Disney this summer, and and I'm saying that, and I feel like this summer as a whole is as a whole a little lackluster of a summer, right. in my opinion. By the way, that going back to what we kind of started the show talking about, Chef, it, that crossed my mind while we were watching Chef. I'm trying to remember when Disney purchased Marvel. When was that? Like, where were we in Marvel, like the MCU at that point when Disney purchased Marvel? I can't remember when that was. I think was. it was right before The Avengers. Was it? I think it was right before The Avengers, no, it just, or it was right after The It was just funny to think as watching, right as watching Chef... And now John Favreau, who is so involved with Disney now, with Lion King, and now The Mandalorian, and there's that scene in Chef when he basically kind of takes a little, a sh- a little jab at Disney. At Disney. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> with the whole like passing of Disney World. Anyway, it was more just a joke on like. Oh, it was. It was family. even if he was already highly involved with Disney, it's, it's not it, like it they good. would care. No, but I know what you mean. It's just but, funny. It's like, oh wow, they're. I thought it was kind of funny too. I was yeah. thinking that too. I was like, "Oh wow, they're taking, like, kind of saying, oh wow, look, there's Disney World, or, and yeah." It was just a funny thing funny. to watch in his in his film, and then to think, "Oh wow, but this guy is now so highly involved with that studio." I want to say the purchase was right around Avengers, either just before or yeah, just after it. I can't remember, but I mean, my point is, is the summer basically is just dominated by Disney. Like it just wholeheartedly. <laughs> Start to finish, the summer is just owned by them. By the yeah. way, thinking of Spider-Man: Far From Home, which is coming up soon. Oh God! That's right. Just before we started recording, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I came across all I'll say is I came across a Hollywood Reporter tweet, which I was like, "Huh, okay, what's this about?" And I click on it, and then it was one of these tweets where it was like the the title of the tweet versus the title of the article it actually linked to of theirs definitely not the same and it was like enough that i was like 
did you just slightly spoil something for Spider-Man Far From Home for me? Like, God oh, damn, no. like, God damn you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know that they did. Because then immediately, as soon as I clicked to the article and I saw the title of the article, I did not read the article. I was like, whoa. Backing up, backing up quickly. Stopping right now, but it was. I mean, I know it's annoying because now I don't like. I don't want to risk somewhat spoiling anything for anybody else, so I'm kind of like dancing around the subject. But anyway, that was annoying. Mm. And then speaking of that, it's funny how Tom Holland apparently what can he just not keep his mouth shut? Because like he has a hard time. It's been a thing with him. Because what apparently he recently spoiled something on the Graham Norton show, which I don't know what he said, and I don't want to know. Has a hard time sometimes. He was having a hard time with both of the last Avengers films. Like he kept, yeah, they kept kind of like everybody kept kind of looking at him, going, "Tom, shut up, shut up, Um, stop talking." Zip, 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 zip. Like he's. And I don't know if it's because of his age or what, but he has a very hard time keeping quiet but keeping a poker face. Mm. Meanwhile, I think on- it's gotten to the point where it's just ridiculous. Like, mm. it, like I can understand when he first came out and he was first, um, you know, first Spider-Man and first really getting these huge, huge movie deals and you know being a part of the MCU. It's like I understand at first, but now it's kind of like, dude. Like your job is to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Like, yeah. How are you? How are you know? Like, how are you messing this up so frequently and so epically? Like, it's you know, it's it's not funny. At first, it was kind of funny. It's like, oh, he's new at this. You know, he's young. It's kind of like you know, a a small, well, not that big of a deal. You know, just try to be better about it. And then it's like it's just an ongoing, consistent thing to the point where they don't reveal the entire script to you. Like that's kind of. That's kind of sad, you know. It's kind of a problem, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, on the other side, do you know side what of... he spoiled? I don't uh, know. I do not, and I do not want to know. La, 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 no, so I, I read. I've the... stopped watching all the stuff and not reading any articles too. So I read some of the article, and I didn't read too deeply because just in case. But it sounded to me like they said he ruined something from Endgame. So I was like. Well, I mean, it has been out for a while. Oh, well, that, so yeah. Well, he did that. He did that in like the first week of Endgame. <laughs> but no, well, but I mean, but, what, what, I don't know if what you're talking about, Bobby, is what, like, I mean, what I it just is. read was like a, yesterday or two days ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he no, said something on the, the Grand Norton story. show, which was about right. Far From Home, was what I had read. But if it's not and it's about Endgame, then come on. Like, that's what I read. Everybody and their mom has seen Endgame. I mean, shit, the, yeah. the, the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home is right. a spoiler for Endgame. If right. You... Well, if you don't want to know about anybody that's spoilers, like, follow uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. That dude's poker face on this is insane and he has really amped up his social media, like, levels. He is, he's like, he, he goes through spurts mm-hmm. of his social media and he is heavy on Spider-Man Far From Home. But he is poker face the whole time. But his back end deal must be amazing. <laughs> I guess, because man, he is just he's so good, but he has really been pumping out the social media for Far From Home, which is funny because Jalen Hall doesn't pump a lot of his film. Hubul for for his theater stuff, but his film usually not really. So Marvel must really be going, Jake, 
You're gonna have to get on your social media for this one. <laughs> like, and he has been, and it's been intense. Like every day, I'm like, oh, look, he's got a new story to follow. <laughs> See, uh, so I found the, the the headline of the article, and it's from the Graham Norton show, and it's from a day ago, and it says the headline just says, "Tom Holland spoils major in-game death while promoting Spider-Man: Far From Home." So I'm like, hmm. Really? He spoiled an in-game death? Okay. Come on. Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah. But yeah, because I I only saw a tweet as well, I think from like either it might have been Hollywood Reporter or some other reputable outlet. And it was just something about him spoiling. And I think I thought it said far from home and I didn't even click on it. And I'm like, well, I don't. I don't want to read their article. I don't know what he said, so I don't want to know. Well, I remember yeah. from the first, from Infinity War, he had some issues keeping his mouth shut. Right. And he almost leaked stuff. Yeah. And then also again with Endgame. Like it was, it's, 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 he's been having issues lately. <laughs> he gets excited. Well, I just hope the movie's yeah. good. I will say, like, I mean, I know reactions are out there, and I mean, we don't have to bring him up and if you guys... If there's certain people yep. here on the podcast who don't want to know anything, even I about reactions, I've seen reactions, but and I'm fine with you know seeing reactions, but I don't know. I've been yeah, I know oh, Yasha doesn't. Overall, I'm fine with. Him. I'll say my I'll say this my opinion before seeing any reaction, and you know I'm, I've been kind of like skeptical of this movie, and like and yeah, I I loved been. Homecoming, and there's been a part of me that's like I don't know, is this gonna be any good? No, you've not been. I'm not like not hey. like hating on it, but you've not, not been like impressed. You've not been impressed with what you've seen, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but there's I'm I'm kind of skeptical, which maybe is a good way to go into it. I don't I'm know. saying it's the best way to go into films now. Yeah, I've officially decided I should go and be like, hate this movie, screw it, I don't care. But whoever is in charge of their like art art direction for marketing should be oh, fucking taken out and shot. Like, they should be. <laughs> they should terrible. be. The marketing for this film is the I, worst I've seen. We'd already, oh we'd already seen an image of that IMAX poster for, so for Far From Home online and we all talked about it via you know text between each other. And then yeah, seeing Toy Story 4 yesterday, I walked in the lobby and there's a huge version of that IMAX poster and I'm just Worst. like it looks like something that would be like on a kids like Trapper Keeper like back in the day the worst. like or a bo- you know a, a lunchbox kind of artwork it just looks terrible but all of the it artwork lazy. it just yeah. looks lazy it's yeah. just it's it's epically lazy I, I mean I couldn't agree with you more we've talked about this and I saw it and it's just you know I feel the same way it's just like you look at it and you're like my god who did this like this is absolutely got, not not a good look. They got paid ridiculous amounts of money to do it too. That's the crazy part. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so bad. Every poster I've seen, every banner, every billboard, like none of it looks good. None of it. Bad artwork. So Yasha, I feel bad. We've been talking about a lot of stuff that you have not watched. Is there anything you've <laughs> you've seen since you were last on the show that you wanted to talk about before we go? Sure. Um, I will mention, the, <laughs> jump in here. I have seen Men in Black International. Mm. I have seen John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Um, I think, I'm not sure if I was on here and talked about that. Saw Dark Phoenix. I think we talked about that. And this weekend I did get a chance to see Child's Play. Oh, well, real quick, what did you think of Child's Play? Yeah. Uh I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I remember 
I remember the movie when I was a kid, and maybe because I was a kid, being absolutely horrifying. Like it was, oh, yeah, it was messed up when you really were a kid. Dark. Yeah, it was really dark. I mean, this movie had devil worshiping and voodoo, and I mean, just soul possession. And this one, not so much. Um, didn't have that. They went a different direction. I don't know if I necessarily want to go into the spoilers of where they went with it and it's whatnot. It's in the trailer. Uh, you can you can go a little bit there. It's in the trailer. Yeah, it was they in, didn't I have. I don't remember it, anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, well, I uh, maybe I haven't seen the trailer, but I didn't see anything when it came to like how they alluded how Chucky or per se came to life, if you would. Um, well, maybe not how okay. in the trailer, but they they allude to like the connections oh, okay. that Chucky has. Yeah, and I, maybe I didn't see all the trailers, but I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. It's, maybe I saw the last trailer. It pretty much gives away the, the yeah, horse. Maybe I didn't see that then. Anyway, oh, okay. sorry. Yeah, I, I don't think I saw that either. Mark Hamill did a, a, you know, it was a fine kind of fun job as the voice. Honestly, I wish I had heard him talking a little bit more. Because if I, I remember correctly, I, I feel like I remember the first one years ago. Chucky was like very conversational and talked a lot to people. I feel like they really missed the mark when it came to this movie. They could have made it very, very scary and very, very creepy. And they tried, and they made it a little gross because it is horror. And I just feel like they missed a lot of what they were trying to do. Like, they ended up having this whole teenage revolution kind of thing at the end. And it was, you know, like, nobody really believed Andy as well. But it's like, hey, nobody believed Andy from the first time. But Mm -hmm. it was... I feel like the first one was much scarier, and maybe because I was like 10 when I watched that one, I don't know, or 12 or whatever it was. But this one, I was just kind of like, oh, all right. You know, I had some moments where I laughed, but for the most part, I was like, this is kind of, um, this is kind of cheesy, uh, really kind of corny. And on a scale of one to 10, I probably would give it like a four or a five, uh, if, if anything, barely, barely a five. Um, you can definitely wait to watch this one at home. Like rushing out to the theater is not a good look. Like I asked the um, when I was going in, I always ask if I'm running a little late, which I was for this movie. I was like, "Hey, is it is the theater seriously crowded? Like, what's it look like in there?" The person checking me in, she's like, "Oh, it's one percent sold out." And I'm like, "Jesus, that's not good." <laughs> like one 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 percent. I was like, "Oh man, I, I can't imagine them really doing all that well." And let's see. I mean, they made fourteen million dollars over the weekend. So I mean, I guess they made their money back because the budget was only ten. So I mean, they it was successful, if you would. Right. But it, looked, it was very campy. It was very corny. Some of the special effects weren't near very good. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I I wanted to see it. I was super excited to see it because of. Maybe the nostalgia from watching it when I was a kid. And I kind of ended up walking out like, oh, okay, well, that happened. And then I just went, and, you know, I kind of done other things with my afternoon. So, uh, Yeah, I'd agree. I don't have too much more to offer than what Yasha said. But it's definitely something that you could wait until it was coming out on, uh, on digital and I know that there's supposed to be a Chucky TV series that has the mm-hmm. actor that was originally doing the voice of Chucky. That's supposed to be um, on on TV. I guess there was a split in terms of the rights. And so this movie has 
something different completely than the original Chucky, but the TV series will be more in line with the Chucky that we've known from up up until this point. But mm. this movie was, uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's just nothing special, really. It, there's some interesting death scenes, kill scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But beyond that, that's pretty much all it really had to offer. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember seeing the trailer and being like, yeah, I'm good. Because I, I think it was while we were at WonderCon, it was at a WonderCon panel that it was revealed that, you know, Mark Campbell was the voice of Chucky. And I think that's when the first trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. And mm. I remember first hearing that news of like, oh, Mark Hamill is doing the voice. Okay, well, I wonder what they're doing with this remake. This could be cool. And then I remember seeing the trailer and going, oh, just immediately felt like it was like, this looks like a movie that doesn't need to be remade. I mean, considering like how kids were with toys back when that first one came out, I felt like that is the kind of horror movie that made sense. And now it's like watching the trailer. I'm like, Oh, it doesn't seem like it's relevant to anything now. I don't know. Oh, you need to see the new trailer then. I guess. <laughs> Cause if yeah. I showed it to you, you'd be like, Oh, now I understand why it's relevant. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It does like it's relevant. To I mean, today. the movie. Yeah. The, and the, they really did make it relevant to today, in today's day and age. But I mean, I was still relatively excited to see the movie just based off of, um, I mean, I think the the idea of relaunching the franchise. I think I thought it worked. Um, and when I first saw the first trailer, I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, this looks like they're really going to try and circle back and make it creepy like they did the first one." And then you watch it, and you're like, "Well, no, they really didn't try to do it too creepy. Like, they kind of missed the mark a lot there." But you know, it is what it is. Well, then I will say, in, in terms of marketing, though, like, yeah, I guess I didn't see that most recent trailer. Maybe I need to see it, but. And I mean, not that I guess I watch a ton of television with commercials and stuff, but I haven't seen any marketing to to give me any impression otherwise, like in general, like for general audiences to entice people to go see this. I I see why it made what it made. Here's what I will say. And this has been interesting marketing. I've seen advertisements on Instagram and it's basically different ways of Chucky killing Toy Story Characters. And what do you do on your Instagram that makes them think you should see these things? I've never seen stuff like that on Instagram. Really? Yeah, I've never seen that so here's, either. Here's, like, here's, I will give this much information. Right, Michelle, I feel what, like what the <laughs> I feel like the marketing for Child's Play in that aspect was spot on because for them to basically take on Toy Story, which is what they were competing against this weekend, and it's basically Chucky like there's one of Rex and he's basically half melted. And then there's what? one of it's they're kind of messed up, man. Like there's like Woody's like I don't anyway, I have to show you these. They're, yeah, now I'm curious to see those. They're like, the marketing for that, I think. I haven't seen any spot of that. On for that. I thought was I was like, that's actually really smart. But no, I've had no interest to see this the, film. The algorithm said, no, nah, David isn't gonna see this movie anyway. I didn't bother not. with me. So I will say, yeah, this is I immediately when I first heard this movie was even coming out was like, is this a remake that we need? Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) but they didn't anyways. But anyways. Real quick, what did you think of uh, Men in Black International? Oh, thank you. I was going to ask him that. You know what? I it was fairly predictable. I enjoyed it uh, because I like Chris Hemsworth and I thought uh, Chris Hemsworth and oh, Tessa Thompson did a really good job too for what they were given. 
I, I mean, the story, the, the movie in itself was kind of lackluster. I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't anything that I'm like would run out and go see again. I'm kind of curious as to like, I think, you know, I read an article or some piece where, you know, Will Smith said that he wasn't coming back to the franchise because he feels that that character has run his course. Tommy Lee Jones kind of said the same thing. And I think maybe this whole franchise itself has run its course. There's really nothing left that they really need to try and add or try and create from it. It didn't do well in the theater. It was, you know, I, honestly, I probably liked Child's Play more than I liked Men in Black. Oh, not wow. to say that I hated, not to say that I hated Men in Black, but it's just I wasn't super sold on it. I was just like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, this is fine. Either as much or just the same as um, as Child's Play. Like I would probably rank it in a four or five type of scenario. And that's not to say that I didn't laugh throughout some of the movie. I uh, didn't enjoy some parts of it, but I just, you know, honestly, I could have taken it or leaved it. And I was totally fine with not, I, I didn't need to see that movie. I thought it was going to be much funnier than what I was expecting. And it, and it just wasn't. Um, so that's kind of what I thought of it. Well, if you haven't heard my opinion on the last episode or whenever that was, like, I, I'm with you. I wasn't. By the way, Michelle is showing me now these these images of the mm-hmm. child's play marketing on Instagram, and yeah, that's I have definitely not seen those. They're solid though. It is straight up the Toy Story characters that it is. Ref- ref- it's not straight oh, yeah. up showing them, but it's referencing them <laughs> for sure. The Woody one. Yep, all of them. Yeah, I'm showing. Of, I'm showing him these, and he's Rex. like, "What?" Like, <laughs> You know, I thought Chucky was much scarier too, or um, angrier looking when he was in the first ones. I like the agree. Original this kid, this buddy, doesn't look very. Um, this the buddy that they're showing. It's it doesn't. His face doesn't look as scary. Like there's something about it yeah. that's not as uh, sinister. Yeah, it's almost too, it's too soft, too cushy. And they try, you know, throughout the movie to like kind of like oh. We'll do this and, you know, like make it. I mean, that's an actual scene, but it's still, I'm just looking. I'm like, yeah, no, it still didn't work. Right. Um, Real quick before we get out of here. Go ahead. uh, I had a chance to watch Anna. And uh, for those who don't know, it probably hasn't been marketed very well because uh, the director, Luke Besson, is in some trouble with some sexual harassment charges and stuff but uh, it's about uh, essentially a, a female spy which we've had some of those movies uh, in the recent few years with different actresses and this actress Sasha Luss I'm not familiar with anything else she's done previously but I actually was pleasantly surprised by this movie I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would um, in the trailer they show this fight scene and I will say that's probably the best fight scene there's another one that happens later but uh ultimately i what i thought worked about this movie that i didn't think worked in some of the other female uh, spy movies we've gotten was this one felt more like a, a spy thing where um there's a lot of aspects of that intrigue and uh what's really going on happening in the movie and so i really enjoyed uh, a lot of the things that they did with that and uh with the character so uh if you're interested i would say it's worth checking out actually i was like i said pleasantly surprised by it 
Actually... I'm eager to see it. Yeah, I'm with you, Yasha. Okay. I was I was excited to see this one too. This one looked actually pretty okay. Yeah, I would say that's exactly what it is. It's pretty okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's pretty okay. Talk about a raving review. I will it's say, like to okay say, to say, well it's, when I hear pretty watch. okay, I'm not gonna go see this. In We're the gonna theater. watch it at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's a background yeah, movie. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, the movie was it was really okay and just really um, fine. Um, I, I I watched it. It's like, like come on, man. <laughs> well, I said it in the way that uh, Michelle seemed to seem to think that pretty okay was going to be good for her. So I was echoing uh, it in that okay. way. To me, it was it was good. I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed um, it. Um, but again, I w- wouldn't necessarily say go rush out and go see this movie. But I would say that if you were interested in seeing it, then you should probably go check it out. Right. It was okay. yeah. right on. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com with your questions or comments. Uh, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Flickr underscore effect on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Flickr effect. And uh, as always, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So we would appreciate your positive comments on all of those services. <laughs> With that, I'm David Lott. I'm um, Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Thank you.